You're listening to another message from Generation City Church. The Lord our God. Won't you take your seats? I'm really thrilled to be preaching this morning. And um, I haven't preached for a while. What did you think about the band? They're good, aren't they? Yeah. I've never done this before, but I'm just going to get a selfie with them. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, that's good. I look good in that. I might as well get one with you as well. Do you know there are 93 million selfies taken a day? Wow. That's an approximation, you know. There may be a little under some days and uh, a little more other days. And, uh, yeah, just amazing. You know, I was looking at my Facebook page and I'm, I was sort of thinking, I'm really into selfies. But do you know what selfies do? Selfies make us so obsessed with ourself. Really. That's what is happening in this generation. The Bible actually tells us in 2 Timothy that in the last days, people will become lovers of themselves. I wonder if selfies are helping that or is a part of the moving towards the last days. By the way, I've just got this here because I just want to keep an eye on myself. So we better have a scripture because it's not going to be all about me today. So in John 13, verse 34 and 35, it says, this is Jesus speaking. I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love and have unselfish concern for others. That unselfish concern. Have you noticed anyone through your week that um, could do with a little bit of unselfish concern? What have you been up to besides taking selfies? What, what else have you been up to this week? Have you noticed the people on the landscape of your life? Have you noticed anybody or thought about anybody but yourself. Oh, I think this morning is going to be one of those ouchy sort of messages where you're going to feel really uncomfortable and I'm really trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to touch your heart and challenge you, not in a way that is condemning because that's what the enemy does, but actually that the Holy Spirit would come and would take us on a path that would actually make us more Christ-like. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are here today. Thank you, Lord, that you are moving among your people, that you love absolutely every one of them. Lord God, that you know each and every situation that people are facing. And Lord, you care. In fact, you sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could be in relationship with you and we could just be downloaded with your love. 
So, God, we thank you for that. We ask, Lord, for the, the men at camp. Lord, we pray that as uh, they are spending time around the ministry of the word, Lord, that you would do a mighty thing with our men, Lord. Touch them big time, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So why don't you turn your eyes to the screen? I've just got a DVD which will go for about four minutes. Don't switch off. Uh, it's got a message that I want you to hear. I find that an incredibly impacting DVD. In fact, I saw it a couple of years ago and um, now each time I go into a hospital, I see things really differently because I'm looking at the people, not just the person that I'm going to visit, but now I'm looking at the people that are around about me because there are so many things that are going on in a people's heart, a person's heart, that we know absolutely nothing about, nothing about. In fact, that DVD takes me back to when my dad was in hospital in, um, at the end of 2013, or that's when he was diagnosed. And uh, do you know, as far as the church, oh my goodness, you were amazing to my family, you cared for us, the um, meals, the texts. Mary Cook, you gave me the biggest hug I will never forget. Do you know what? There were so few words, but I knew that hug had lots of love in it. It, we know not what people are going through. And actually, as I think about that, and you would have heard Marty uh, refer to the rapids in different times, you know, we were still in the middle of the rapids at that time. And you would just think that some people would just recognise that this is the time just to be kind. But because of people's brokenness, that you don't always do that. And, um, and it becomes hurtful rather than helpful. And maybe you can relate to that in your situation because you were going through a really difficult time and somebody just said the most dumb thing and it just pierced you and it was like, hey... That's just so unbelievably insensitive. And I had some of those moments. But do you know what God showed me? He just took me to that passage where Jesus was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. And I've adopted that around situations where I think maybe people should know better. And then I think, how can they? How, we are all broken. There's stuff that we're all going through. Some of us talk about it and let everybody know. And others are just really private and quiet. We don't know what other people are going through. And so it's thrown to the person that's going through it to be gracious and to just see, you know, I've just got to forgive that. I've just got to shake it off. I don't want to have to go through that and process that later on. God, they don't know what they're doing. Help me to forgive them. So at Generation City Church, we have a passion for the lost and the broken. And you hear a lot about Hope Cafe and about the brokenness that we see that comes through our doors on a Thursday night. 
But I want to shift this just a little bit. I want to talk about the brokenness that actually comes every Sunday into this auditorium. We're all broken to some degree. Some are moving through brokenness as they are experiencing the restorative power of the Lord. And so things that we were sensitive about before or reactions that we used to have, we don't have anymore, but there's another area now that we're dealing with. And then there are some people that have walked in and, you know, their brokenness is really on display because of their behaviour or whatever. But in this auditorium, we have brokenness. And we understand our own brokenness. We, We know that we are broken and what we need, all we need is Jesus and for him just to continually touch our lives and to lead us along that path. And so the grace that we really want extended to us as Christians, as disciples, we need to actually step out and show grace and kindness to other people. Hang on a minute, I should really put that selfie on Facebook. There'll probably be a few people I can tag. Check it out. Where's your mind gone? Are you thinking about what's happening after this afternoon in church? Are you thinking about you? Because remember, we live in a self-obsessed world. We do. But Jesus teaches us that that we need to love one another, that that is a new way of life. And that as we love one another and as we open our eyes and we open our ears to what's happening around about us, that actually our life doesn't become depleted, that our energy doesn't get sapped from us, but actually our energy is increased and our life becomes full and blessed because of what we notice and what we allow into our own lives. So who are you sitting next to? Who comes to Generation City Church? Like, for many of you, I hear people say, you know, I probably know their face, but I don't know their name. And, oh, could you point them out to me? Because, look, I probably know, but I've never spoken to them. And, you know, I think that that's really sad. Because we come together, we are called the family of God. And you know what? In my family, even my extended family... I know the names of my family members, like I do. I may not have a whole lot to do with some of the second and third cousins, but and I, you know, I'm a, not really up on a lot of their partners' names, but I know about them. And so, for you to come week in and week out and not actually have ever spoken to someone, I think that that needs to change, because Generation City Church is a church that is passionate about the broken, passionate about the lost. And this should be a place where as people come up the the stairs, should be the safest place on earth. It should be a place where you will be noticed and that someone will speak with you and someone will smile. And it should be that somebody connects with you and you are able to tell them that today is a really tough day 
or this week has been really tough. You may not necessarily want to give the details and, hey, understand all of that. But for you just to actually say, you know, it's, I'm feeling not the best today. And for someone else to grab your hand and say, can I just pray with you? You don't need to know the details. Really, we're just presenting this person before God. We're just saying, I notice you and I am now going to come and join with you and I'm going to lift your name to heaven in your situation. I'm going to believe with you that something's going to change. Hey, can I ring you through the week? Or I'll be looking out for you next week because I just want to know that hopefully something's turned, something's different. I, my whole life is really about talking to people. I've, I've just got the best life in the world because I talk with people and people talk with me and I, you know... I just get to view people in a certain way. I, recently, I've been talking to this man. He would be 40-ish. He's a good-looking man. He's married. He's, um, he's very intelligent and he has a very well-paid job. Okay, so he ticks all the boxes and so his life should be wonderful. Anyway, he walks into the office that I'm in and I say, oh, hi. How are you? And he closes the door behind him. As I said, he's a well-paid, highly intelligent, good-looking, married man, okay? And he bursts into tears and he said, you wouldn't believe the news that I got yesterday. And he proceeds to tell me stuff that I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness. I can't believe that. And straight away... Afterwards, I say, you know, like, have you got people supporting you? Like, what's, what's happening? And he's like, my wife knows and just a couple of close friends. He said, but I just had to come and tell you. And um, if, for reasons, you know, and ne- don't need to go into those. But, you know, like, then at the end of our time that we chatted, he wiped his face, had a drink, took a few breaths, and he said, I've got to go back to work now. And I thought, do you know what? Nobody else in this work environment has any idea what that man is going through. I've spoken with another lady recently. She's about my age. And anyway, as we were just doing the chitter-chatter, you know, just the surface stuff, and then all of a sudden she drops the bombshell. She says, oh, can I tell you something that's really, you know, bothering me? So, oh. She's married to someone older. So he's 67. They've been happy for years and years and years. He's got dementia. And that week she has to put him into a nursing home because she can no longer care for him herself. She goes back to her job, back to the people that are around about her. She doesn't tell everyone because she doesn't want everyone to know her stuff. If we could see inside people's hearts, what would we see? Everyone here has a story. Maybe your story isn't big at the moment, but you have had big moments in your story. Like, maybe you have 
had news that changed your life. Maybe your partner decided that there was a better model and moved out of the house. And you didn't expect to be divorced, but you are. And suddenly you find yourself that you're fighting over maintenance issues, access, there's all this stuff. But, you know, you're a well-heeled girl. You are someone that looks like you would have no problems, that would have the best life in the world. And so no one ever really engages you. It's just like a hi, and off you go. Hi. And off you go. Without, because they don't fit the mould of someone that looks broken or looks anything. We're all broken. We're all broken. very quiet. Whatever situation you're going through, you know, I want to tell you right now, up front, that God is with you. He will support you. He will bring the comfort you need. He will bring the guidance that you need. He will, as you read the word, he will direct your path. He will bring such great encouragement But there's also one secret weapon that God has that he uses big time. And you know what that weapon is? You, his people. He wants you to be his hands and feet so that when that person in this auditorium is going through something, that actually he can use your eyes to notice them. He can use your ears to hear something so that you can go to them with a word of encouragement. So God's plan is not that all these incredible divine miracles would just take place out of nowhere. It's actually that you become part of the story and you are part of that miracle, that you are a person that is used in God's will and plan to actually bring kindness and healing and restoration to other people. He wants to use you. Now, right now, I want you to stop using your personality as your excuse. Okay, so you're an introvert. That's okay. Don't you think God can use introverts? Don't you think God can use your face to smile, to notice somebody, to ring someone? We've got to get over the excuses. Stop saying that you were too busy that I've just got to come in on a Sunday and I've just got to go because I've got a million things I need to do in the afternoon or I've got this, that and the other. You know what? You are not too busy. You make time for the things that you see as valuable in your life. Will you see that coming in to Generation City Church on a Sunday into the auditorium is actually a mission field that you can engage in? And you can be part of bringing a sense of hope to those that are around about you. I think that we all have... um, No, let me just say, you know, I think compassion interrupts our lives. It interrupts our lives because we have these plans and it's like, okay, so if I'm going to stop and talk to you, then, you know, like I have to sort of deviate 
around and it's going to take me longer and I've got someone waiting and what and I, I understand why all of that happens but you know we Aussies when there's a disaster when there's something that happens we really step up so when there was a flood we stepped up with donations we stepped up and volunteer uh, volunteered in different ways when there was um, bushfires we did what we could we reached into our pockets and we did what we could financially. Others did what they could do practically. We Aussies, we do, we step up to the plate and we do volunteer. I'm so proud of Generation City Church and all that they were involved in with the City Surf. You know, beautifying Beaumont Street and the just the different things, the surf houses that have been that we have been a part of. And, you know, I think that that is absolutely awesome. I'm so proud of you. But, you know, I don't think God's into the one-offs. I really believe that he wants compassion and kindness and genuine concern to be a lifestyle. A lifestyle. So that it's not like, oh, yeah, okay, so I've done my thing. I've did whatever I needed to do in Beaumont Street and that was so much fun and I got to rub shoulders with different people. I got to meet new people and it was fantastic. Uh, a week later, I think God is asking you to be his hands and his feet, to actually be involved in doing something more. Will you allow your eyes to be open? A little while ago, I was in... Um, Boulevard and I was waiting to meet up with someone so I'm there sitting and anyway in walks this man who is intellectually impaired he walks up to the counter there's a girl behind the counter and he starts telling her how much he likes banoffee pie that's my favorite and he's looking at it and he's pointing to it and the girl's saying oh yeah yeah that's I like, you know, mud cake or whatever else was there. And he's going, yeah, banoffee pie. Oh, I really like banoffee pie. And how much is the banoffee pie? And I don't even know how, I can't remember how much the banoffee pie was. And anyway, he hung around the counter for a little while. And, you know, like I'm just sitting there looking, looking, looking. And then eventually he left when my friend was there and, you know, like I was just out the corner of my eye, I was watching this man and eventually his bus came and he went and left on his bus. And you know what, later I thought, I should have just bought him some banoffee pie. Like, really? That would have made his day. And for me, I don't know, $6? I was spending more than that on coffee and what I was having. I think that... We then I began to think, well, you know, okay, well, at least I felt that way. You know, I must be a pretty nice person. <laughs> if I saw that fella and recognised him, you know, and sort of thought, I should have bought him some banoffee pie. I go, that's pretty kind. But do you know what? Good intentions just make us feel good about ourselves. Right. We should have done that, but I didn't. You know, um, whoever said it's the thought that counts, that is rubbish. So you're moving house, and I'm thinking about you moving house. <laughs> Such a nice person. You're sick in bed, and uh, 
I'm thinking about cooking you a meal. I'm thinking about it. But I do nothing. Good intentions just actually make us feel good about ourselves. Once again, we become self-obsessed. I don't step out and I do anything because I'm tired, I'm busy. And, you know, like really, I might not cook what they like. You know, really, when you're moving house, you wouldn't put everything in the box the way you want to. So, you know, like really, what could I do anyway? So I'm just thinking about doing that. At least if you're going to stop and think, why don't you pray? Because at least that's powerful. Hmm. Compassion, kindness, preempts miracles. Jesus is our role model. In Mark 1, 40 and verse 41, it says, And a leper came to him, begging him and falling on his knees before him, saying, If you are willing, you are able to make me clean. Moved with compassion for that man's suffering, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing be cleansed. Matthew 14, 14 says, And when he, that's Jesus, went ashore, he saw a large crowd. Jesus would have been tired. He was on the move all the time. He had people that were surrounding him. And so he was going away to a quiet place. But there was a large crowd just waiting for him. And he felt profound compassion for them and healed their sick. Matthew 20 verse 34 says, Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes and immediately they regained their sight and followed him as his disciples. Do you know, you have no idea the miracle that could take place in your life and in that other person's life simply by you noticing and engaging and doing what you are able. You don't have to do everything. You just need to notice. You just need to say hello. You need to start with a conversation. And who knows what might develop. You might, de- you might have a whole new friendship start that brings absolute joy to your life. It may actually be that you are an answered prayer to somebody else's prayer to the Lord, like, God, if only, if only something could happen, if only someone would speak with me, if only I could get prayer, but you know, I'm just too shy to ask for prayer. You could be the answer to somebody else's prayer today, not next week. Don't put it off another week. Today, you could be that answer. A couple of thoughts. Develop a bountiful eye. Proverbs 22.9 says, He who has a bountiful, generous eye will be blessed. Look intentionally. Look intentionally and say, God, who do you want me to speak with? Who don't I know here? Who is somebody that I should simply just go up and introduce myself to and say, you know what, I'm Margot. I've seen you here and do you know what? I have never spoken with you. And I want to change that. It's as simple as that. Secondly, be kind in secret. Don't love or be kind when you have an audience just so that you are seen 
to be kind. Remember Mrs Bouquet keeping up appearances? And she would be in a position where she was just waiting to be caught doing something, waiting to be found, you know, so that other people would see that she was such a lovely lady. And so I will be found um, just floating around a certain area um, looking like I'm kind and loving. Do it in secret. Do it for an audience of one. And when you've connected with someone and when something's happened, don't go and blurt it out. God, your father, has seen it. And he's going to make something happen. He's, going, he's up there in the heavenly saying, yeah, you are part of the jigsaw puzzle that is just connected with that piece. And now I can move and I can do something. Be direct. Trust that the Holy Spirit will lead you. You know, don't be so ridiculous as to wait for a sign. Like if that person drops their red handkerchief then I will know it's from you, God, that I go and speak with them. What's that all about? That's weird. Who has a red hanky anyway? All you need to do is wait and hear what the Lord wants to, to do and say through you. Oh, but what would I say? You're like, really, I, I don't know. But I haven't been a Christian that long. I haven't been coming to the church that long. Like, me, I need to wait longer, longer, longer. Let me tell you, if this is your second week, go up and speak to somebody. If you are in a difficult situation right now, don't wait for somebody else to come and speak with you. You're part of your healing and your, your um, miracle is actually in your giving out. What if you get it wrong? What if you stepped out and you did something and it was just wrong? Well, Mother Teresa says, I would rather make mistakes in kindness and compassion than work miracles in unkindness and hardness. You know, I was thinking that the Sunday services are so much like Hope Cafe. Okay, so we don't sit around tables and, and eat and things like that. But you know what? Hungry people come into this auditorium. Hungry for many different things. Hungry for the word of God, hungry for relationships, hungry to hopefully connect with someone, to talk with someone, hungry to have prayer. We have an auditorium of hungry people. Part of Hope Cafe is also about lonely people and homeless people. I'm not even going to get people to raise their hands to this. But are you lonely? You would be surprised how many people would just raise their hands. You know that? They're lonely. And coming into an auditorium like this every Sunday actually doesn't fix that. It's only as we reach out to each other. And so I was thinking, you know, if it's like Hope Cafe, one of the beautiful aspects is the volunteers and how they serve. And, you know, our stewards those on the hospitality team, those that are running City Kids. You know, all of these volunteers are people that are serving the broken, the lonely, the hungry that come here on a Sunday. Isn't that beautiful? Volunteers, thank you. 
Thank you, stewards, for saying yes to being on a roster. Thank you for saying, yes, I want to serve at Generation City Church because you are doing something amazing. Something amazing. Hi, Tim. I hope that God switches something on today because Generation City Church, we're going to keep plugging it, we are passionate about the lost and the broken. We are passionate about the lost and the broken out there in the city, out there on the streets, out there in the suburbs, and we are passionate about the lost and the broken here. So I would ask you that you would extend your reach and you would touch someone today. You would have a conversation with someone maybe that you wouldn't normally have a conversation with. And finally... In Romans 2.4, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. God didn't leave us where we were in our brokenness, in our hardship, in our suffering, with the torment. It was his kindness that gave us a way to lead us into relationship with him. And I would love you just right now just to close your eyes because I want to give you an opportunity that if you haven't experienced God's kindness, that today would be a day where you can take that first step. Where you can say, yes, I want to experience the kindness of God. I want to experience his love, compassion, his genuine concern. I want that for my life. Can I ask you, Gen City Church, don't turn off in this moment. Don't start thinking about what's downstairs for morning tea because the Bible says that after the preaching of the word, miracles take place. And we need you to be praying. We need you to be praying that people would respond to the word of God. If you would like to take that first step, I'd love to pray with you. Would you like to respond just by raising your hand? Someone will see that. Someone will come with a pack and will start you on a journey. Or maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, I need a fresh start. I've gone off track. I've done some things that I regret. And I'm not as hot for God as I used to. In fact, I don't even notice other people. I only see myself and I don't even have any room to notice other people and I want that to be changed if that's you today and you want a fresh start will you raise your hand because I want to pray with you God gives new starts new steps and he gives fresh starts God I thank you for your people God you love them they are so special God you look at them and you smile And you say, well done, well done. You were doing great. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes. God, it's not intentional that we we don't look around. It's just that we get caught up with distractions. You understand it all, but you have a higher plan and a higher purpose for us. So God, I pray that you would open eyes, open ears, build confidence into the people 
so that we would step out with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can take that mirror away because we don't need it. We're going to be others focused.